Hello and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I am your co-host, Mike Byer. And I am your bringer of Christmas joy, Len Foot. And welcome to the holiday program. Merry, happy to you and yours. You're listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where the holiday spirit is alive and well. Santa Claus is coming to town and it won't be long. We hope you guys are having a tremendous holiday. We are here at Jag Bags and we have made it through another year almost. And uh, Christmas is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So in that. We posted our amazing card on our Jag Bags page. Yeah. I hope you guys got a chance to see it. Len and I personally traveled to a secluded wooded dale and uh, hung out for three hours. Uh, to Len's consternation, I brought my best of Nat King Cole, John Coltrane, Frank Sinatra uh, jazz collection just to get us all what I thought it was in the holiday mood. Len was so crabby. It was supposed to take 10 minutes. We were there for three hours. And walked away with an elevated sense of the holiday spirit. Anyway, the uh, the card turned out great. We want to thank our incredible uh, graphic designer, Kim DeClaire, for an, yet another masterpiece. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. And uh, look good. Yep. Uh, happy holidays. This is uh, yet another recap episode. We're going to talk about all the topics. You know us. You know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk sports. And then we're going to recommend something to you. And then we're going to talk albums, lots of them. We're going to do a deep dive into all of that. As we always do in our recap episode. But before we do, we're going to call an audible because... uh at the suggestion of our friend of the podcast, FOP, FOP, uh, Chris Martin. Or Fodge, friend of Jagbags. Friend of Jagbags, Fodge. Our, uh, a big Fodge, Chris Markham, said, hey, Len, why don't you do a holiday? And he did have that dramatic pause, too. <laughs> why don't you have a holiday song, a Christmas carol bracket? Great idea. And uh, so it's underway. And of course, it's a huge hit. Everyone's voting. Uh, things are heated already. Uh, so how'd you see this? Inquiring oh, uh, minds want to know. I Googled, I Googled a lot of stuff. The one seeds were mainly very popular ones. Right. Like Blue Christmas by Elvis. That's, I think that's the Christmas just... Christmas like single that was sold the most copies. Oh, it's the number one Christmas single of all time. And White Christmas, I think, is pretty obvious. Come on. And what are my other ones? Mariah Carey. That's another obvious one. That's gigantic. And what was what was the other one? Uh, From the uh, Phil Spector Christmas Holiday Christmas album. Oh yeah, yeah. Number one seed. Yeah, Darlene. Uh, the Darlene Love one because that one. Helped by Letterman because he would have her on every year to sing it. I feel like everybody knows that one now. Yeah, that's that's become a standard for sure. Yeah, I tried to, I tried to include it pretty much 
everything. I didn't want to do more than 64 because I want to be done by Christmas. <laughs> but I don't think, I think 64 is the right number. I don't think this one needed 96. Definitely not. I mean, I even squeezed some borderline Christmas ones. So you did, you know, uh, the new uh, Chicago Cubs shortstop, Dansby Swanson, is very interested in the. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, results of this bracket. He goes, I'm, I'm not yet a diamond listener, though I hope to be. He sent oh, me great. a fax. Nice. Um, but I have been following the bracket. Uh, where is Away in a Manger? Oh. Have I missed that one? Yeah, no. Uh, if so, I am here to lodge my first complaint in a respectful <laughs> way and hopefully a pennant-winning way. Yours sincerely, new seven-year man. Dansby Swanson. Yeah, good. Thanks, point. Dansby. He's right. You Dan's. Dan's. We'll have to. We'll find out. Yeah. As he listens more and more, we'll get to know him. Yes, we will. I somehow missed that one. That should. That's a lot. That should have been in there. Pick from. That should have been in there. Right. Um. Any surprises that are? Uh, any anything that's surprising you? The Grinch is really doing well. And yeah, I really. I didn't realize everybody loved the Grinch song. I know everybody loves the book and the special that was yeah. always on when we were kids. Yeah. And there's people, I think the movies are kind of back and forth. I don't think they're as popular as the book in the TV show, but the movies have fans too. But I didn't realize the song was, I mean, people, it, it crushed whoever. It went against in the first round, and I think destroy. It's, I think it was like unanimous or something like that. No, I. It wasn't that bad, but I was no. like, "Wow, everybody yeah. loves the Grinch." Right. Not one of my favorites, though. But it's contemporary. I think that a lot of, but it's tough because a lot of the Christmas carols are like old, old. Mm-hmm. Like you've got a lot of the Silent Nights and you know, uh, Oh Come All well, You because Faithful. So I when a newer put, song comes on, people it seems like more people might. Well, I only put the artist if you feel like that was all, pretty much the signature version. If I didn't think there was one, I just said classic version. Classic version, right. Because I can't just, because my friend Ken Vosberg was, because I put Springsteen's because Springsteen's is super popular. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what about the Jackson's version? And I was like, I, well, I only wanted to put one version. I don't want to put different. There's so many. Because, yeah, you wanted to fit in. Although I did, <laughs> didn't miss the way to manger. Sorry, Mr. Swanson. Yeah, man. Dan's will get over it. He's new to town. He wants to make a. I probably could have replaced silver and gold or something like that. You know, I did get another fax from our uh, enemy of Jag Bags, Iaj. Uh, and that's Mr. Ken Burns. Um, oh, man. <laughs> and, uh, he writes, uh, hey, dildos. I mean, Ken is just really, do you have to say that, Ken? Just all this foul language in your faxes. He goes, no. What an eodge he is. He really is an eodge. And he's like. He's jealous. He's jealous. Yeah, he's like, first of all, you don't watch my effing podcasts or my effing documentaries anymore. I'm like. I thought oh. you did, though, Beef. I thought you watched his stuff. Uh, I've not completed the uh, Holocaust in the U.S., so Ken's a little prickly about that. 
Mm-hmm. Keeps so asking they're all me like 5,000 hours. Yeah. I have I, some I, patience, Ken. I keep telling I'll get, I'm get to it, but he's very impatient. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, hey, where's the friendly effing beasts in this bracket? Do you even know Christmas? I don't even know what meet, that is. Meet me in the back alley. <laughs> what, what song is that? And bring your overhead projector, <laughs> Jagoff. <laughs> Sign Ken Burns. Well, he really is just, first of all, okay, Scrooge. Uh, yeah, the friendly beast. I said the donkey. Stubborn and blue. is that like a local Ohio oh, song? That's like a well-known. Brother, you know that one? The friendly. No, beast? Laura doesn't know it either. The friendly beast. The friendly beast. No. There, they sat around the manger while the Christ child was born. Did your family and make that up as a prank on you? I am going to put this on Facebook. <laughs> Do it actually. Well, Ken Burns. I mean, this I I was aware, I don't think it belongs, but Ken Burns is hot to trot and uh, he's so obnoxious, he really is. Um, so you know, he's, he's a bully, and uh, you know, and and the salty language, we really um, we don't need that in our uh, faxes here, mm-hmm. uh, Ken. Um, I am tired of dragging my projector in the alley anytime he wants to have a fight yeah of a fight <laughs> put things on a projector yeah have an uh, audience and then they vote who wins yeah. the battle <laughs> and he wins all the time because that's what he does i know he's a filmmaker yes so he's got a, a local sp- celebrity i don't have time to make films his staff is also i hate to say it len but uh, ken may have you beat on his staff um i know that's uh I know it's a sore subject, but um, you may what? Ken's staff may have your staff beat. Oh, um, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> Are they should. off for Christmas? Mine aren't. <laughs> I should move on from uh, <laughs> where things get ugly. Were you surprised uh, that the solo Beatles songs uh, at the at the uh, performance? I I saw that. Uh, I haven't told a wonderful about- Christmas time is out. Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised by that. Yeah, what about John? Because that one's polarizing, right? And I, I, I like it, but I don't love it, so I didn't really. Mm-hmm. That's why I gave it like a nine seed. I didn't give it a higher seed. John Lennon haven't totaled up yet, but I think it won. I think. What do you think it won? Christmas won its first round. Uh, is there a favorite that you're like really rooting for? Hmm. My two got beat. Really. really? Yeah, I was rooting for Father Christmas. No, not enough people know that. I love it's a that. great song, but not I love that song. And it's anti-Christmas, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. It's the best. <laughs> and um and the Slade uh, Merry Christmas, uh, everybody. Also, pe- not enough people know that, but it's a jam. It is a good song. My friend uh Jim Scalzitti recommended that one. So I squeezed it in. Love but it. I didn't think I didn't think that would do anything either. I know. I was rooting for him. I like but, a lot of the classic ones. I like any any of the older ones. I think just because you grew up with them, at least for me. Charlie Brown ones I love. Yeah. Two, two of those are in there. Although yeah. I think, I think the first, one of them might have lost, though. That was yeah, a terrible out, draw. They, they, it was up against like a great song, Christmas yeah. Time is Here. 
I love that song. Yeah, I think. But I forget it was up against. It was up against Fairy Tale of New York. That's wrong. Oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe that Too one's bad. close. I, I'm totaling up that one up tomorrow. So we'll oh, see. Oh, so it might win. Yeah, Fairy I Tale. Lo- I love that song. That yeah, we used to always hear that at uh, various drinking establishments. It's uh, my last fax is from uh, Jed Hoyer. Uh, who, uh, <laughs> he said. Uh, Tell Len I thought that was awful disrespectful of him to take away my table at Mashwaters just because I hadn't signed a uh, high profile shortstop. <laughs> it worked though, right? I, he would, that was the that was motivation. He said, "Thanks for my table, although I not it's not my usual table. It's it's more in the back. Um, my feelings are hurt, but I will work hard." And all, all says what Cody Bellinger wasn't enough. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> um. Our friend or my friend and Jagbags listener, and he also does his own podcast, Jack Siren. He does a yeah. anime podcast. So if you're into that, look for that. I think it's called 950 Podcast. It's him and another friend of mine, Edwin. So if you're into manga, anime, that's what they focus on. Very cool. Jack said we're the ones responsible for getting Swanson. <laughs> we put the heat on. <laughs> At Jagbags, we hold <laughs> all the power. Yeah, Jed was like, he also lined up, he also listed Brad Boxberger and said, Brad Boxberger, Len. And I don't I like the Boxberger uh, signing. That was, that was after, though. That wasn't done yet when we talked about it last week. Uh, he's, a, he also, he's a good setup guy to have. You never have enough pitching. He said, uh, where's Carol of the Bells? Jed wants to know where <laughs> Carol of the Bells uh, no. is. Hark! <laughs> hear the bells, sweet silver bells, all uh, not did not make the cut. Mm-hmm. Poor Jay. I guess it could have. I could have, but I don't feel bad about it. No, I don't think anyone. I mean, it, it might have got a few votes here and there, but I don't think it would have gone far. I'm putting the friendly beasts on your Facebook page right now. <laughs> The friendly beasts. Here's a song Beeves' parents made up. <laughs> the, the friendly beasts. <laughs> you know who does a version of the friendly beasts, which I was just, uh, um, which I uh, just learned right now as I as I walked as I Googled the friendly beast. Suf John, your pal Suf John Stevens <laughs> does a version of the friendly beasts. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, it's a good bracket. If you haven't gotten a chance to, um, if you haven't had a chance to vote, please do so. It's on Facebook. Um, Isn't there another fax from Alex Caruso? Len, how did you not put up the Christmas spider in the bracket? <laughs> There's no such song My as, favorite. as the Christmas spider. You My made favorite. that up. And also Derek Jones Jr.'s favorite. How dare you, Len? <laughs> I uh, I think you made that up. These were real faxes, by the way. Real faxes. Yeah, we get a lot. We we really do. Uh, should we? Uh, speaking of the Bulls, should we just get this? Uh, should we can get I, this uh, say, NBA I mean, up, update out of the way? I, I'm I'm confused. Like what I would vote for, though, before we move on to the Bulls. Oh, 
What do you mean? Because I like a lot of Christmas songs. Oh. I might have to do how I would have voted after force myself to pick. It's a tough one. I don't know. Oh, Band-Aid, maybe. I love that song. Oh, that Do They Know It's Christmas? That's my pick. I don't think it's going to win, but I love that song. The, the Grinch might win. I don't think the Grinch will win, but it's doing better than I thought. So, all right, NBA real quick. Suf John is just right on your page right now. He just <laughs> rocketed right on there. Um, anyway, uh, all right, let's just get the Bulls out of the way. I Now, I have watched the Bulls since I moved for like 30 35 years uh, since the days of Ed Neely <laughs> and, <laughs> and John Paxson. I have never seen, I've watched so many Bulls games. I have never, ever seen a defensive performance like the Bulls gave against Minnesota the other night. Um, and that's not a compliment. Uh, what, what, what were your thoughts on that? I just, I couldn't believe it. Luckily, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I was playing basketball. Yeah. And, you know, getting one shot a game. But good defense. They're playing good defense on you. <laughs> Denying you the ball. I look at my phone. I was like, what? And I said to Wayne, I go, the, the Bulls gave up 150 points. That's <laughs> just. And I feel like they just broke. Their minds yeah. are broken now because yeah. the first game they played last week, next game, overtime. Yeah. Well, but I was watching that game. You know what I was thinking, Beef? They're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Even though they weren't playing that poorly, I'm like, they're, they're going to still lose this game. And then they were awful. It seems, awful. It seems to be in that body language, yeah. Game two against the Knicks, they were terrible. Right. They, they tried running the same play. A bunch of times, and Jalen Brunson stole it three times, exact same play, where they try to get a baseline three, and he saw it every time. Like, stop doing that! After the first one, stop doing that. He's he knows what play you're running. So, I'm impressed with Brunson. By the way, Brunson's been playing really well. Every time I watch him, I'm like, Dallas made a mistake letting him go. Yeah, yeah, he's been playing. I mean, I think because it's him and Randall. Yeah. And I think Brunson's better than Randall. I agree. And He's a leader. Brunson's a leader. Brunson, and he can get a, his shot off against anybody. Amazing. When you look Which at him, is, you don't yeah. think he's that good. But No, no. And he's he's been getting consistent now, like playing well every game. He may save Thibodeau's job in New York. Yeah, yeah they they didn't have a good year last year, and now, well, Barrett played real well for them against the Bulls. I don't know how he's done. I don't either. All year, but he looked really good against the Bulls. But you keep losing close games all the time. I just I just think mentally they're just broken now. And Donovan in the paper today is like, oh, you can, we can switch up the defenses and do all that, but if they're not making the effort. So he's basically saying my players are bad. It's just well, be ugly in that locker room right now. It gotta be because 
the Timberwolves did not have Gobert and they did not have Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. And um, still scored 150 points. And the Bulls made all their shots. The Bulls shot real well and got killed. It's just they're, they're how do you de- give up that many defense. points in a 48 minute game? I was watching it just because I was like, wow. They very bad body language. Just that's all I gotta say. You know, like we've all been there when like you're getting your butt kicked. You're just you're getting your butt kicked. And it's like it's just it's a snowball and there's really nothing you can do about it. And you try really hard, but it's like you're in this like fog or you're like in this molasses. And they were just running around with their like like their heads cut off. And these the Timberwolves have like wide open threes. Wide open. I didn't get it. Yeah. I you hate to say they've given up. I mean, Donovan pretty much implied as much. Yeah. Um, and that's a terrible sign. I don't know what you do there because they just extended Donovan. Firing him. I mean, that's what you do. When 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 the team's effort is like that, the coach is the first to go. I don't know what that would solve though. I don't think they do anything this year. Yeah. Because they just signed him to an extension. Mm-hmm. They just signed Levine to all the money. Oh my God. So they they're they're stuck. I don't think they they can do anything this year. But if the year ends, let's say they're they don't come close to making the playoffs and they're just have more of these embarrassing efforts. They're going to have to do something at the end of the year. They might have to just swallow the money and fire him or trade one of their three guys, their big three guys. Do they can get that? They can't not do anything if, if the year continues like this because the stadium will be empty. Yeah. The Lakers it's are unwatchable. It's unwatchable. These the Lakers are desperate to trade and you, and you've got to think that like some team looking for like a veteran presence would be interested in DeRozan. I don't know if that's the answer. And then you just tank and hope you get that Victor Wembiana or the seven foot four. Or guy. what I suggested, just trade every guy in the team yeah. for draft picks. And then me and you and a bunch of our other friends just play. <laughs> I'm retired. But I will come to every game. <laughs> Is that why you haven't played anymore? I've retired, and uh, I. Oh, uh, that's that's what I have to tell everybody. And uh, I will, uh, I'll coach you from this. I'll I'll be your own personal. That's okay. Your, that's just stay away. What? I'll be your shot doctor. No, no, no. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, think it over. Think it over. Um, and uh, I'll. Uh, I, I I have some uh, I have some good tips already. You should wear a siren hat. That's way people will pass it to you. It's well known. It's not, walk around with a big siren. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah, it's a, that's a red siren, and you just run around, and that way people have no excuse. They can't miss you. You have a siren on your head. Yeah. These are the kinds of innovations I bring to the table. I don't mind that. Okay, maybe maybe, maybe you'll be in. I've, I've already faxed you my 27-page proposal uh, for once, <laughs> wow. you get, once you get on the bulls. Wow. Okay. Anyway. It's the be- I think it's the best thing they could do. I agree. Yep. I agree. 
I'm in favor of this plan. Mm-hmm. Um, What's going on in Cleveland? Well, the Cavs uh, fought through. They played Dallas um, without Luka and, um, and needed overtime to beat the Luka-less Mavericks. And, but it was a good win. Even though they went to overtime, they had it overtime. Uh, their their defense is just their defense is great. Their defense. I think it's great. was that the one they won by one. Yeah, in it overtime. was like ninety two to ninety one. Yeah, that was an overtime. Yeah, can you believe it? Wow. One hundred and ninety nine was the final. Wow. And um, you know, and they had a really hard game the night before. They played uh, Indiana. Indiana's good. You know who's really good for them? That rookie, uh, Benedict Math Mathurin. Um, I haven't seen Indiana play at all this year. They have they have Miles Turner. They have Buddy Held. Um, and uh, they have another guy Halliburton. Halliburton, who's really good. He's good. So they have those two Sacramento guys, and then this Mathurin guy. He's not afraid of anybody, and he's cocky. And um, he likes to talk, but he's very good. And uh, the Pacers were ahead the entire game uh, until about five minutes left in the game. And then Mitchell absolutely took over. Um, I, it's incredible. I was trying to think of a Cleveland, a bigger Cleveland trade that brought a more impactful superstar. Where it's like it, that was a big trade to get Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And I'm trying to think like any sport, like the Browns, the Browns um, in a trade where they traded and got someone who made a huge impact. Or the Indian, and the Guardians or the Indians, they don't trade with anybody because they're so, they have no money, their shoestring budget. So Mitchell may be one of the very biggest trades because that guy. When he's on, I mean, he single-handedly won that game for the Cavs. Yeah. Um, and Garland was tremendous. He had 22 points and 10 assists. And if he can do that, you know, Garland's very, he's shifty. And he made so many great decisions once he got into the paint, uh, whether it was shooting the ball or hitting the open man. And that's really all he's asked. He doesn't have to, you know, worry about carrying the team, just get into the paint and make the correct play. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he does that, when he's doing that, and if Mitchell's hitting all his shots, that's a, that's a great, great backcourt. Um, and if your defense is that good, when you get to the playoffs, you'll be in every we'll game and you have a closer. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see if the defense, um, it's, it's anchored by Mobley which is amazing. The guy's in the second year and Allen, they cover so much ground. They have zero playoff experience. So um, you have to think they're going to make the playoffs. Although a lot of teams are starting to play better. Brooklyn's really coming on. The Knicks are figuring some things out. Um, and when, oh, Philly's playing. Cleveland's better than the Knicks. The oh. Nets are scary, but yeah. they have... <laughs> At least two guys who could do something crazy. Yeah. Other than the team. <laughs> so. I know. 
The Celtics, they lost twice in a row to Orlando. Yeah, I saw they lost yesterday, and I don't think Tatum played. The thing about Orlando is Orlando, that it was a bad, just a bad offense day for both teams, but Orlando won in Boston. Incredible. The thing about Orlando is that they have both the Wagner brothers. Remember uh, yeah. from, from Michigan. And then this Banchero guy from Duke mm-hmm. who's playing great. So they could be scary. Anyway, um, those are my thoughts. On, uh, I've tried not to get into the basketball instructional mode of uh, the podcast where I dissect basketball tactics like I did last week. I got a note on that. No one cares, Beeve, about your coaching. <laughs> like, oh. Who wrote that? So, who sent oh, you that note? Uh, Boylan. He's jealous. Oh, so, that doesn't even count then. Yeah. Still hurtful, you know, even though he's no, it's uh, not hurtful if he says it. I would have guy when the guy taking out the garbage at liquor box is uh, <laughs> you know, giving you notes. I was like, shut up, Boylan. I still get updates in my Facebook memories where I'm yelling about him saying toughness all the time. <laughs> he drove me nuts. Well, he's uh he's right where he belongs right now. Yeah. So uh anything else on uh on the Bulls or the N- N- NBA? Please, no more on the Bulls. Sorry, I don't have anything else on the NBA right now. Sorry, okay. NFL. Should we talk NFL? Let's do it. Let's talk about the Browns first. Good win. Yeah, they mathematically are still alive, although they need a lot of things to go their way. But I think ninety percent of the NFL is still alive. I know. It's like the Bears and the Texans, and that's it. <laughs> Everybody else can has a shot. Great, I mean, great games across the um and the uh the Patriots losing was very helpful for all those teams that are still kind of flailing. Not only did they lose, it was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. The greatest. That was the greatest. That's what you do. Just fall down overtime. Amazing. I didn't understand that at all. Yeah. Especially a team like the Patriots. I, they, they pride themselves. They do take chances, but it's always calculated. They've thought it through. Maybe they've practiced. They've certainly practiced it. Um, but he and, threw it right to the guy. In the Raiders. That did not look and like they practiced anything on that. They're just like, oh, he knocks over their quarterback. I mean, he could have got hurt on that. Oh, that's Huge defense, defensive guy in the Raiders. <laughs> Throw it over, right to him. Knocks over Jones uh, and gets the easy touchdown. I'm like, what am I watching here? This is insane. I've never seen that before ever. Yeah. But that was big for the Browns and for like Jacksonville because they won. And actually another stu- amazing win. But that's, yep. that's just how the Cowboys are. Right. I was talking to Brian and Anthony about that today. The Cowboys have been like that forever. They just never finish. They always have, they have talent. The past 20, 30 years, they've had these talented guys and they never, they never do anything. Cause yeah. not since Aikman and Evan Smith, which has been, that's been forever now. Isn't that crazy? Like 30, that was 30 years ago. And they, it's just like, yeah, they get those guys. Like when Jason Garrett was coaching and they had the, and then it was like, oh, it's his yeah. fault. And Jason then now Jones. you got McCarthy coaching and 
okay, is it the coach's fault every time? There's just something not right with that organization. McCarthy seems to be an improvement, though. I mean, now the Cowboys are actually, they're not a 500 team. They are, they have a very good record. But I don't think, I don't think Prescott is the guy. You know, that he's an upper echelon quarterback. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I wouldn't trust him. Right. On the road. Yeah, I don't see them doing anything this year. No, you know, it's funny when you talk about the top teams, the NFC, it's like, oh, yeah, the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, I forgot. They're good, too. Maybe maybe there's a reason we're all forgetting them. I mean, it's right now, but the Vikings had an unbelievable comeback. Unbelievable comeback. If I'm Matt Ryan, I am going to just go into a round room and just (laughs) stare at the wall for the rest of my life. That's just tough. Oh, my gosh. Like, how do you, I, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I just be like, I, I guess I suck. <laughs> Walk around saying, apparently I'm the worst. Anyway. So the Browns, yeah, I mean, it was, it's just, it's just amazing that they could make that kind of comeback and biggest in history, the biggest in history of all teams. I know. So the Vikings and the 49ers look to be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I still, yeah, I think, I don't think the Vikings, I think the Vikings are maybe the third best team. Yeah. I think, I think the 49ers are better and I think the Eagles are better despite, oh, we're yeah. going to talk about the Browns first or nah, let's, we're, we're, we're right into it. Let's go to the Eagles and the Bears. So I thought, I thought the Bears would get blown out yesterday. Mm-hmm. They have so many guys hurt. Yeah. The, I'm like, the Eagles are just going to crush us. Right. But I think we have good coaches. They figured I, something out. I liked their fight. They figured, but they figured out how to, Hurts didn't hurt us. I mean, he didn't hurt us at all. <laughs> Not unintentional in the first half. And honestly, we could have won that game. Yeah. And everyone's, praising fields and I, I like fields i'm not but i wanted to point out one thing that bothered me about his game yesterday so the defense i couldn't believe how well the bears defense played mm-hmm. so the 49ers i mean the 49ers the eagles went for it on fourth down and the bears stopped them right so they get the ball good field position they're like okay this is it we might get this upset first down Field says Comet wide open. Does not throw a good pass. It's not close to him. I know. Second down, swing pass, not close to the guy. So we blew that. We had all this momentum and we gave him the ball right back. Not that he didn't play well besides that, but those are the things that's the next step. You got to make those simple plays because those were passes anybody can make. Those should, it should have been, Comets would have been like a 15 yard gain. Yep. And then we could have kept moving and maybe scored and, and surprised the Eagles. That would have been great. I, I feel like Fields, everyone's being very patient with him, but I, he's got to, like Trevor Lawrence, compare uh, Fields to Lawrence. Lawrence yesterday threw what, four touchdown passes? Yeah, but he probably, needs to have he probably has like receivers. Two. 
Fields has nobody. He had nobody yesterday. That's what I try to keep in mind. His <laughs> his best receiver was St. Brown, and St. Brown left with a concussion. Right. So so some guy never heard of caught a couple passes at the end of the game. Yeah. Webster. I'm like, I have never heard. And I pay attention to the Bears. It's not like some other team. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> That's what we're depending on to try to make this comeback. So granted, he had nobody to throw to. And he did make two. My two favorite play, obviously the run. Everybody loved that. That was unbelievable. He should have been sad. amazing. And he got 30-something yards. Amazing. I mean, everybody who watched that was amazed by it. And when I'd see Hertz run, I was like, he's slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm all smug. <laughs> Our quarterback is much faster. Our quarterback can. I, yeah, he's he's an exciting runner. Very exciting runner. Yeah, but what the other fields play that I thought was great was when he was rolling out. This was towards the end of the game, and the Bears were trying to catch up, and he stopped and saw Pringle wide open and got the touchdown. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. not something you would have normally done. He really, he's that kind of awareness is just going to make him better and better. But Hopefully, you know, now I'm going to be a little harder on him because he's he's been so much better this year. So now, okay, make these little plays. Yep. Uh, why don't we have a quarterback who could ever complete a swing pass? <laughs> it's just weird. Me and you it's, can complete that pass. Well, we're like uh, I'm. I think everyone's hung over from the John Shoup days and just nobody wants to. It's all, was, that's all they threw. But it's not even really a screen. It's more like the guy's just right out there. All you got to do is right. throw. It's not right, even right. not even like at a weight. It's not like a screen where you have to set up the blockers and then throw it. Right. It's just a pass, like a quick pass. Right, and right. He, he's, he's done that like three or four times this year. And Trubisky yeah. never, he always threw that poorly too. I'm like, come on, guys. That's an easy pass. You've uh, you've you you've said that in multiple faxes to Hallis Hall and uh, come to my quarterback clinic. <laughs> Unless the Bears sign me, as a touch football veteran, I can teach all these NFL quarterbacks how to make the proper pass. Boy, you know, really between the Bulls and the Bears, you're going to be very busy uh, <laughs> just moving from. From field to from court to field. Let me show uh, you how to scramble, Justin Fields. Oh boy, expertise. <laughs> well, should we move on? Uh, anything else on the uh, NFL? Well, I think you didn't. You want to? Oh, I have two questions for you. But didn't you want to say something about the Browns? They won. Good win. Good win. Wait, 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 you said something against the Ravens. Think, uh, defense one. was tremendous. Tremendous defensive. I think you said something to me via text that the weather wasn't good. Not good weather. No. Was it just real cold or was it snowing or uh snow and a little wind? I think it defa- yeah. I think it affected both quarterbacks. Although Watson Watson looks he looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's going to he's really shaking, you know, all that rust off. And yeah. Every week he looks better than the week before. So um they have the Saints, then they have the Commanders, and then the Steelers. It's not like an impossible task to win all three games. It's not. I kept thinking the Steelers were not in the playoffs, but they're same record as the Browns. They're hanging around. Well, they still have a shot. 
They're definitely hanging around. But those are all winnable games. In Trubisky, they trust. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, those are – maybe they sneak in, B. Three with they, they mathematically, with mathematically, they could do it. Yeah. And Chubb had another good game, right? They really just need to – I get it. They want to keep Chubb fresh. And now they have a quarterback who can make some plays. Mm-hmm. You need to get Cooper back because he's really oh, he's out. Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah. But I don't think it's serious. I mean, Peoples Jones is good. Um, sometimes he gets a case of the drops. Um, and if Njoku can uh, get even healthier, Njoku does everything amazing and then drops the ball. Um, but this year he's been holding on to the ball a lot more. And that's why the Browns are so patient with him because he's Superman. We made that great catch to win a game this year, right? Tampa. Amazing. Um, Njoku could be one of the top tight ends. He has all the ability in the world if he can just hold on to the ball. Yep. So, and all that benefits Chubb and Hunt. Um, You know, it keeps them fresh. Um, And and I think they just need to, like, you know, stuff the ball down there. They need to get back to the whole Stefanski ball control offense that they had in 2020 when they, you know, they just ran the ball, killed the clock, and uh, just used Chubb and Hunt. And they've kind of gotten away from that. Not sure why. Um, maybe because teams are stacking up to stop them. And if you've got a good quarterback that can keep them honest, it makes the run a lot easier. And now with Watson, they've got somebody who can do that. So. Um, yeah, we'll see. It could come down to the final season game of the season. That'd be yeah. fantastic to beat the Steelers and knock them out. Anyway. Well, let me give you my two questions before we move on. Yes. You still think the Chiefs in the AFC? They they beat the Texans in overtime. The Chiefs are bored. They're, They're so struggling. bored. They're just bored. They're struggling. I didn't get to watch it because it wasn't on TV. You're, you're a negative. You know what? You're, you're a <laughs> negative Nelly. And I blame the Bulls for your salty Maybe. state of mind. It could be. It's, it's Zach Levine's fault. The Bulls are traumatizing me. They could be that. Yeah. But you think the Chiefs are better than the Bills and the Bengals? Well, I think the Bengals are on fire. I the think Bengals and the Bills are playing the best. Yeah. Out of the Bengals. I mean, the Chiefs, but the Chiefs don't lose. So... You could say they're hot too, even though they're not playing as well. They're playing down to the level of their opponents because I think that they're like, oh, the Texans, we, who cares? We're banged up. You know, we'll beat them. You know, that's, uh, they're in that, which is dangerous. It's dangerous. But with Mahomes and Kelsey, all things are possible. I hope you're right. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> My, my other question to you, do the Detroit Lions make the playoffs? I am rooting for them. That's not what I asked you, but I'm with you. I'm also rooting for them. Well, who do the Lions? I don't know who the Lions have in their final three. Uh, the Bears games. is one of the games. No, that's a loss. So, no. <laughs> you think they'll lose to the Bears? Yeah, absolutely. Um. No, um, so they have the Bears, and then who else do they have? 
I'm sending my crack um, Dorothy to find Panthers. That's what the pack. Be the Panthers. Then the Bears. The Packers is the final one in Green Bay. But the Packers, if the Packers lose, are they playing tonight? They are. They're playing the Rams. So if the Packers lose tonight, I think they're out. Right. So Packers be, are still mathematically alive. You might be getting the backups in that game. If the Lions, let's say the Lions beat Carolina and the Bears, they might be playing, like I said, a backup crew of the Packers. It's like the Browns. It's doable. It's not impossible. They're not playing uh, the 49ers and then the Bills and then you know the eagles they're playing three very beatable teams although the bears that was that was shocking yesterday how well they played bears could absolutely put it all together it's in detroit that makes it tougher for the bears um i i expect a good game from that yeah i think i think that one i'd be more likely to say it will be competitive than the bears against the bills next week, just because it's the division rivalry thing. And yep. you know, each other pretty well, usually play yep. better against a team. You've seen a lot. Yep. But I, re- I really would like to see the lions make it. I think a lot and of people, what about, what about the NFC South? Is that what it is? The, the division that nobody wants to win. My gosh. I think it's red rifle time. <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady is not getting it done. Red rifle doesn't stand a chance against the Cleveland Browns. Oh, they red, have to play the Browns. Uh, red rifle will be ground into the <laughs> dirt. <laughs> Miles Garrett will say no swashbuckler. Yeah. <laughs> Your in your but beard. Honestly, though, all this parody is going to make for a fun final three weeks. Yeah, and, and I hope the, there should I'm, be a lot going on the final week of the season. And I hope the games are good. Last week's game was really good. Yesterday was a lot of good games. Really good games. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope so too. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the Cubs signing of Swanson, which we already talked to. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Yes. You, what do you know about him? Do you know a little more than I do? Or I know this. The optimist says this guy is a winner. Um, he is an outstanding defensive player. Mm-hmm. And he has improved offensively every year. Yes. Last year was his best season ever. So those yeah, that's it with power too. He hit 20 plus home runs. Yeah. So and so that's the optimist and the optimist also says they didn't they didn't give him a contract for 13 years like the Giants gave Correa. I mean, yeah. the Giants are going to be paying Correa when he's 41. Mm-hmm. And uh Hoyer said I am not giving anyone a 10 plus year contract. And he stuck to his guns mm-hmm. and, you know, Swanson, I think it helped Swanson's wife is like a professional soccer player for the Chicago 
women's soccer team here. I, I actually think that was the deciding factor. I'm think you're a hundred percent. Because I'm sure he had five teams offer him that. I'm sure. But what makes it easy? All right. I'll just go live where my wife plays. Seems like a good guy. And he's spot. just going to follow her. About traveling all the time. Cause we're, we're both going to be in Chicago now. Yeah. That was a stroke of luck for the Cubs. They took advantage of it. And the defense is going to be great now. With Bellinger, you move Horner over to second, and then the indomitable Jan Gomes behind home plate. It's just, it's, it's looking, it's looking, we need a little, we need more hitting. And I, I know you love Jan Gomes, but we'll, we still need a catcher. What? And we need, <laughs> we need, we need a couple more relievers. Mm-hmm. And we definitely could use another power bat. So if we could get a first baseman or a third baseman, but and again, they played well in the second half. So Cubs could be Cubs could be pretty decent next year. Do you think that the Cubs are a playoff team with their offseason? No, not yet. I think they'll I think they'll compete, but I think they need one or two more pieces. They, the, the pieces that we just talked about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially the, the power hitter. That's, that's their big, that's their big hole right now. I think. Yeah. They do as good as guys like Hap and Suzuki and Horner. They're not really big Homer guys. There's talk. If Bellinger is going to get any hits. Right. I mean, Swanson might hit some homers, but I don't think he's going to be a, he might hit 20 something maybe, but I don't think he's going to be a 30 or 40 homer guy. The pessimist says that Swanson had a career year and that he's going to regress and not, I don't think so. I, every year Swanson's gotten better. Yeah. And he's it's in his not peak, like peak years right now. Cause how old yeah. is he? 27, 28, 28, 28. Yeah. So he peaks like 28 to 32. So we got him at the right time. He's going to be real happy to be here. He's won a championship already. It's just so many, so many good things about it. And he was a, um, he, 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 it wasn't like he was along for the ride. He was a clubhouse leader. So the guy is going to give 110%. He's going to be a good, you know, a, a positive guy in the, in the clubhouse, especially for the young guys coming up. They need a first baseman. They might go for Trey Mancini, who I think was on. He was on, on the Astros. Astros. Yeah, he was on the Astros. Um, and didn't do very well in the series, but he's a veteran. I would take a shot on him if there's no one else around, because yeah. he was pretty good when he was on the Orioles. He was, mm-hmm. and that way you let Mervis develop. It is a serious. I've been told more hot takes. And I'm going to continue with my hot takes. <laughs> it is a serious and and my and our producer, our wonderful engineer, Declan Byer, um, and he's going to just sit there and nod his head because he follows the Cubs so closely. He, <laughs> he's going to be like, "Oh, Dad, what a hot take this is." Um, but Matt Mervis should not start the season at first base. That is a mistake. They, they, they need, they need Mervis to be good. 
And, and I think that if you throw them in there, have we learned nothing? Have the, the, the names Brian LaHare or Gary Scott or just name, you know, throw a guy out there and like, you're the guy. And I, I, we know how I've seen this movie before, you know, let him develop, bring him up slowly. Let him get a taste of the major leagues. And depending on how he does, if he's looks a little lost, you send him back down so he can play again and, uh, or he could play a lot more, but he knows what it takes and, you know, his development continues. But you've got to have a veteran, a guy who can take the pressure off of him so that, you know, he can, he's not overwhelmed and you lose the guy because he's got, he's, he's, he's crushing it in the minors. He's crushing it. But I think he needs more season. Hot takeover. Well, they have, the Cubs have three really good outfielders in their system. And Brian was saying those guys might all be ready for 2024. There's um, Davis, Brendan Davis. There's uh, Peter Crow Armstrong. Yep. That the Cubs got in the uh, Javi Baez trade. Mm-hmm. And then the third guy is who's who's. Uh, Who's Brian? I'm, I'm checking. I don't remember myself. Is it Canario? Maybe. I think I think they got Canario in one of the trades, like either Rizzo, Alcantara. Oh, Alcantara. Yeah. And he's another one that they got in one of those trades. Yeah, I mean, it should pay off. We got lost all our guys that we got. I mean, that that's that. I feel here's another hot. Take. Here's another hot take, <laughs> Len. Better per- turn on the sprinklers, beef. Dead Hoyer uh, table at Mashwater depends on the success of these three trades. <laughs> it really does. I mean, you can't get rid of your core and you got a ton of people back. These guys have got to come through. Wait, what's, and, what song did Hoyer want? Oh, at Mashwaters? No, what song did he think should have been in the bracket? Oh, he wants, uh, hold on. I'm going to check here. Oh, he wanted Carol of the Bells. All right, that's not that bad. Lame. Whoever wanted the... Lame Jed. The ridiculous one. They they can't come to Mash Waters ever. Well, that's Ken Burns, and, you know, Ken doesn't care because he's, uh, you know... He, <laughs> he's he does a street food. fighter. Yeah, he does food trucks. And yeah. He won't, he won't go to an... <laughs> he won't go to... A <laughs> Ken Burns at the food truck. Yeah, that might be his next documentary on food trucks. Food trucks. He probably is. He probably is. And um, actually, I've heard he's doing a documentary on the life of Philip Michael Thomas. Oh. So uh, uh, that will be, he's your favorite actor, I know. And um, so uh, that is coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we digress. Uh, he's got to show return for these three guys. And so. Mm-hmm. If Alcantara, if you could say, yeah, I traded these three guys, but I got, you know, two everyday guys and, you know, an, an all-star out of the deal, then it was a good trade. But if, if, if these guys are busts, ugh, he's, he's really got that. I feel that th- this will be his legacy. What he got for these, for Bryant and um, 
Baez and Rizzo. Duh. How about how's that for a hot take? <laughs> really went out on a limb. <laughs> He's got to make sure these are good trades. Yeah. Really? No. Anyway. So, yeah, you're right. Those three guys could be ready in 2024. Which would be good. Yep. Very good. Right, Still need a first baseman. Yeah. Let's talk about Northwestern's college team, basketball team. Obviously, everyone saw them beating DePaul by 35. <laughs> I hope you, I hope I everyone took I think the over. It was 38. Jeez. What are they? Took them out to the woodshed. Yeah. And destroyed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're an if you're an NU fan, first of all, Chris Collins, whose seat was decidedly hot, now looks great. He's looking better. And because um, they've got, I mean, they, they look great against Michigan State. And they, that, that, this is like, they've got, he's got a veteran team, veteran leadership, a good mix of youth and, and experience. They can be a tough out in the Big Ten. And, um, yeah, if he can get them, in, in, and all he has to do is have a you know fairly decent record in the Big Ten, and they'll they'll get into the tournament. The way that you know the the reputation of the Big Ten and the, but it's going to be tough. But I think that they're going to, I think any Big Ten team that takes them lightly does so at their own risk. Yeah, I mean their defense is so good. If they could somehow pull out a five hundred record in the Big Ten. That should get them into the tournament. I would get them in. But one thing I noticed, I didn't watch the game, but the box score. So Bowie was five for 16, and they still won by 38. Amazing. Yeah. So, because it's the, the one worry is you have Audij and Bowie are two guys who aren't normally consistent. Right. If they could play consistently, that would be gigantic. Audige is going to make everyone forget Evan Eschmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, they need that's that's what they need somebody to be their their guy. One of those yeah. two guys are gonna. I mean, if they both can play fairly well every game, and. It is a tough, it's still a tough conference, though. It really is. I mean, Wisconsin, who I don't think was supposed to be good, they're, of course, tied for first in the Big Ten because Wisconsin somehow is always good no matter what. Yeah, they'll always be there. Purdue will always be there. Indiana, Illinois, Ohio State's good. Michigan, it's Maryland. Maryland's good. It's, it's going to be. It's loaded. Yeah. But next next year UCLA is going to be in the Big Ten. That doesn't make any sense. I know. And uh, but you imagine UCLA in that conference. Defense, oh my god! Defense is a recipe for getting upset. So you, so if, if this wasn't just a non-conference fluke, if their defense continues to play like that, look out. They're worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. And are you and I? You and I should go to the NU Illinois game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll look into tickets. I'll work my extensive alumni connections. <laughs> I think I've got some purple points. Maybe two. Anyway. All right. What is your 
I recommend for the week? Well, I don't know that I'm sure you can watch it. Um, you know, on YouTube or somewhere you can find a place to see it, but, um, as you probably know, the finals of the world cup were held, uh, Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And I am decidedly not a soccer fan. Just, you know, I don't follow it, but my daughter, um, a friend of Jag bags, Fodge, uh, is following she and her pals are really following the world cup closely and they follow all the best players on TikTok. She was in love with the Brazilian star Neymar. Then she was in love with the Portuguese star. Then the Croatian star was coming out of nowhere, but uh, overall her number one, um, her number one uh, uh, favorite player was Lionel Messi by far and her number one villain was the french soccer star whose last name is mbappe mm-hmm. m-b-a-p-p-e she uh describes his face as punchable um <laughs> yeah, so. but so i really didn't know and she would be like oh you know the netherlands are playing um whoever let's watch it you know, this is, uh, here are the storylines. I'm like, all right, I'll watch it with you. And I watch it and I'm like, <laughs> uh, they're kicking the ball and they're kicking the ball and they kick and they kick and they kick. And, and so I'm like, well, I like reading about it. And I like to look at the standings as long as I don't have to watch the game. And so going into the finals, I did know that there were two very compelling storylines. Messi, uh, the most, probably the most accomplished soccer player of the last 30 years has won everything there is to win except uh, a world cup. And at age 35, this is probably his last chance. This was it. So that was the storyline there in France. They were trying to do something that hadn't been done in 60 years. And that's repeat as world cup champs. Uh, The last team to do that was Brazil led by Pele. Um, so two really good storylines. And I was like, but I was, of course I was not watching it. And my daughter went out with a couple friends, gets home. was like, let's watch the game. There's 10 minutes left. Argentina is going to win. It's two to nothing. We'll watch it. And I sat down and I'm not kidding. It was really exciting because France, uh, I mean, they turned up the energy and tied the game. And, um, and then just going from, uh, the, 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 when they tied the game to overtime was just incredible play after incredible play. You really had these athletes just laying out and making an amazing, uh, offensive burst to try and get like a one-on-one shot on goal and these defensive guys just the effort that was being expended on both sides was unbelievable. And it went back and forth into overtime. Messi scores again, it's storybook. And I was like, Oh, they're going to win. And then uh, the, some Argentinian makes an incredibly dumb penalty and he touched the ball with his hand. And that's, if you do that, 
then the, the guy gets a free kick. Yeah. And they gave it to Mbappe and he tied it up with a penalty kick, a hat trick, which is incredibly rare in any. And this is the World Cup finals. Mm-hmm. So they went to the penalty kick situation and just the tension there. I didn't think I was going to be that nervous. Anyway. And the, the, the guy who won it, I was happy for him because the guy who won it, his penalty kick that won the game was the guy that committed the foul. He touched the ball. Oh, wow. And so it was That's because scary. of him that they tied the score and he told completely atoned and just broke down. I mean, everyone's crying. The losers are crying. The winners are crying. The fan, everyone in the, I've never seen so many crying people at a sporting event. Um, but I was happy for that, that kid. He's 25 years old, the Argentinian. And it's hard not to feel happy for Messi. Um, and you could just tell that guy, he was competing his, his butt off at the end, trying to win it. And uh, it was just it was the only soccer game I've seen where I was like, this is a great game. So I don't think it's going to make me a fan. But if you are, I recommend it if you're a fan of like, competitive just a real two teams really going at it and making great plays left and right the last thing i'll say is there was a french guy in a foot race with an argentinian guy and if if the argentinian had caught up with it he probably would have a clear shot at a at a goal and all the french guy was trying to do was just knock it out of bounds and and this french guy i mean he went all out all out kicked the ball, got it out of bounds and, <laughs> and collapsed. He just collapsed. <laughs> they had to carry him off the field. I was like, you have to respect that. You really have to, you really have to respect that. Um, anyway, if you can watch it on YouTube, um, I don't think you need to be a soccer fan to just enjoy the, just the, the stakes and the competitiveness. I never thought I'd say that about a soccer game. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. That's my, I reckon. All right. My I recommend is The Boys. And you stopped watching this, right? I did not stop watching it. Oh, you did? You kept because no. I remember early, early on in the season, you were <laughs> there was something that disgusted you, I think. Oh my God. <laughs> I think you know what it is. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh my God. But you I finished made the mistake. I finished it. Yeah. I made the mistake of having dinner while watching that uh, <laughs> episode one of what the last. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was prepared for more stuff like that. There's a couple other things like that, but overall, not not too bad. And I thought it was a really good year, and it's yep. the key year, season three. Yep, season three is when it when a show can go down the toilet if the writing's not strong and they're repeating themselves and but they took some chances they introduced a new character who who worked really well that's that's not easy to do either the homelanders just <laughs> he's the, the best he's oh the my best. god he's the best everybody you just want him dead so bad <laughs> that's that's the key if your villain is like i hate you so much yeah. then yeah you've got a really great series and i hate i hate victoria newman too i hate her and she's really all right i won't spoil but i don't so you have your heroes you like 
sort and, and, of. And the, no, well, I mean, not just superheroes, but the boys. I mean, like Starlight and. I like Starlight. Mother's Milk. I like, I like. Mother's Those are Milk. probably the two most likable people. Very much so. And Homelander and Victoria Newman are the put fear in them. So then you hate them even more. Yeah. But it's, I thought, it, I thought it was really good this year. And I was happy about it because I thought you dropped out. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> no, uh, Eileen kept going. And so I gave it another chance. Yeah. And I was sucked in when Paul Reiser's cameo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was good. Paul Reiser's cameo sucked me right back in. Is that Marlon Brando? (laughs) I mean, there's politics in it. Yeah. It relates to what's going on in the U.S. now. Outstanding. The actors are really good. Strong writing. The action scenes are the right amount of length. That's always my thing about action scenes. It's like, okay. If they go on too long, you're like, Ugh. right. But I feel like theirs are always the right amount. Agreed. They get in there, they do it, and then that's it. Agreed. And and, and there's the right amount of buildup. There's there's some things I don't want to spoil it. I thought some of the storylines, but there's so many to organize and keep track of. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the storylines were uh, better resolved than others, but no one's perfect. Yeah. That's with anything. I read some stuff which might have spoiled it for me because about how the comic is, what happens in the comic. Declan uh, is a big fan of the comic. So he knows what, yeah, where it's supposed to go. I don't know if that's what's going to happen because you don't know how many seasons they want to do. Right. So if they're, if they're going to, I don't think they want to end it next year. So they're going to have to kind of. If they're going to go along with the comics, they're going to have to figure out a way to stretch it out if they want to have two or three more seasons. Right. But I don't think they should go much further than that. I think they should kind of try to go the direction that the comic went. Agreed. And, but I really enjoyed it. It'll be in my top 10, which will be coming up in, I think, three weeks is when we do our TV shows. Love the boys. Yeah, it was really strong. My only problem with it is. I don't care anything about Frenchie and I don't care anything about Kamiko. Whenever that stuff's on, I'm just like, let's get this over with. I don't relate to any of that. Mm-hmm. It's just. And I, I think they they want you to think that there's some depth to it, but it doesn't feel like it to me. I don't know if it's because she can't talk. Right. But I never feel like those two have chemistry either. Mm-hmm. That's the weak link. Everything else is great, though. I, I, I'm, I do find myself zoning out a little bit during the Frenchie and Kamiko stuff. Yeah, not always, but I'll tell you who annoys me, and that's Huey. And it's got <laughs> nothing to do with the performance of Jack Quaid. I think Jack Quaid is good. I think the I just don't like the writing. He's if I'm Starlight, I'm like you're a dillweed, right, right. And I'm kicking you. You are a complete dillweed. Yeah. And 
they just, the way that he's written is just like, I, I want you, I'm like, I'm rooting for Homelander to take you out or <laughs> someone to take you out or take too much of the compound, whatever. And I hope you explode. Yeah. I think um, I, he, I kind of so annoying. I, I kind of agree with you on that. I think the first season you were rooting for him. Absolutely. Now there's, there's been kind of a switch where you're kind of like, eh, he's making a lot of dumb decisions. So dumb. And yeah. if he's, and if it's intentional, it's not even, you're not even seeing like his decline or like where he's going. Like he's just kind of this, he's a jag off. He's a, like, he's a jag off. He's like a spoiled, immature, yes, needing attention, mm-hmm. and I have, I've, I don't know whether they're trying. And the writing is so smart in most other places mm-hmm. that it feels intentional, like they're trying to. And I don't. I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah, we'll see next year if there's yeah. a reason they're doing that, or if it's, yeah, maybe they're there's so much goodwill built up with him. Maybe that's part of the reason why they think they can make him like this now where you're kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. That's what, that's great. That, that is exactly what I, what is he doing? Right. What really he's doing this. I, I, I trust them. I think that there's a reason for that. If, if there's an enormous payoff, I'm going with it. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll, we'll find f- out. Oh, we'll, oh, we'll find out. <laughs> no truth to the rumor that Philip Michael Thomas is playing the villain for next season. Mm. I mean, that would be. I'll compelling. ask Bernsey next time I'm in the alley with him. <laughs> okay. Or right, next time you're at the food truck. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rolling Stone, you ready? Let's immerse ourselves in everybody's music. amazed, bees. Standing ovation again from Why? the diamond listener. Because you've been consistently knocking them out. Oh, we're trying. We're 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 getting there. We're getting there. And we are coming up on the end of the 200s. Well, we got a ways to go, but let's get right to it. Yep. Uh the first album, 239. This is from Boogie Down Productions. The album is called Criminal Minded. And um it's a uh it's KRS one and uh and it came out in 1987. I think it's I think it's very good. I don't think it's the the, the lyrics are interesting because they're commenting on what's going on in society, but it's not it's it's very socially conscious. Uh, types of lyrics and what's going on in society right now. And these are our only options in, you know, um, in order to, you know, in order to make it, you know, we've, we've got to be criminal minded. Um, otherwise we won't survive. And it's just kind of interesting uh, takes on the form. So in that sense, it's worth being in the top 500, but I don't think it's 239 is too high. The beats are not that. It's, it sounds dated. Um, 
I think I liked it. But I never I, yeah, don't it. get me wrong. I, it's I not had like never I, heard of it though. Yeah. So that's another reason to be surprised that it's up this high. Right. I Rolling Stone is one of those KRS one is sort of like the Los Lobos or the um you know the an artist that the you know, Rolling Stone mysteriously is trying to like elevate. Yeah. And I, I and I don't mind KRS one mm-hmm. um, at all. Mm-hmm. So um, but yeah, not, not, uh, more like in the 500s or the four, 400 to 500, but not this high. Um, album 238 lends all time favorite <laughs> band ever in the history of the form, Kraftwerk, mm-hmm. with the album Trans Europe Express. I think Somebody's- our friend and podcast guest. Bruce Howlett was listening to Kraftwerk the other day. I think he posted on Facebook. Right. Uh, I noticed, though, he posted it, and then in, in his window was Morg. So. <laughs> Sent by Morg for surveillance. Bravo. I think we've said all there is to say about this record. Uh, uh, I'm not as nearly as down on it as you are. Um. <laughs> Just because it, uh, it 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 really is influential, and a lot of people have sampled them, and and they they uh, a lot of things that they did are now pretty much standard operating procedure. Um, so, you know, if you listen to a, uh, well, pretty much anyone, their their influence is everywhere. So, um, on its own. You know, you're what was the like ridiculous song? I remember there was one song that I just oh, thought was... You loved it. It was called Trans Europe. That's the one. That's it. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> um, I wish we had an intern to cross-reference when I did it and when you did it and splice them together. Yeah. When we hit yeah. it really big, that's what we'll have to do. It'll be the Jag Bags mix. That'll be our yeah. first number one hit. Yeah. Right before um, our uh, public uh, fight at uh, New York City nightclub, and uh, which will lead to all kinds of rumors. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, album two thirty seven, "Redheaded Stranger" by Willie Nelson. Um, I know you're not a country music guy, and I. I think this album is very interesting. I can't believe it was as successful as it was um, because it's just so um, well, it's a concept album and it's kind of like him and a guitar kind of, and it's just kind of like, it, it's more like he's noodling. Um, and, uh, but it really was a huge hit for him. And um I uh, I like it. I think it. I think it totally belongs in the top five hundred. I like. I prefer Waylon Jennings to Willie Nelson, just because I think his Waylon's albums are more substantial. But Willie Nelson, I mean, the Redhead Stranger is very interesting. I don't know if you heard Sturgill Simpson's latest record. I don't know if you're a Sturgill Simpson. I've listened fan. to it. I don't know. I probably did. Yeah, I you think I liked it. You could tell that that. How, how is, recent though was it? couple Mr. years ago Sturgill Simpson yeah uh I thought it was this year 
I think I did listen to it. Oh, you could tell that um, he is a huge fan of Redheaded Stranger because that album is a lot like Redheaded Stranger. Um, So um, I think that, um, so in that sense, it's, uh, in that sense, it's a, uh, it's a good uh, record. Oh, the, the ballad of Dude and Juanita, I think is the, I think that's his latest one, but it came out in 2021. I don't know if I and, listened to that one. And Willie I know Nelson I listened to Sturgill Simpsons before, and I liked what I heard. Yeah, if you listen, if you liked Ballad of Dude and Juanita, you're basically it's a knockoff of Redheaded Stranger, to the yeah. point where Willie Nelson is a guest on the Ballad of Dude and Juanita. Yeah, and today be another little for an upcoming podcast. Two weeks from today, we're going to be doing our 10 favorite albums of the year. Yeah. I listened to a lot. I was like, wow, I'm going to really have to thin this down to 10. Yeah, I did too. A ton of stuff this year. And there's Uh, plenty of candidates for the top 10. I know. That's going to be a tough one to hone down. Well, that'll be a good one for our upcoming pod. Um, and, uh, if there's any, uh, albums you want to see, send us a note, drop us a note on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and let us know, just say, Hey, you need to listen to, uh, the new, um, uh, 38 special album. They don't have a 38 special does not have a new album, (laughs) but if they did, I'd certainly be listening to it as they are the greatest band to ever live. But we digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to Rolling Stone. Album 236. The album is called Discovery by Daft Punk. I don't get Daft Punk. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. I feel like they're like, I feel like the uh, people who vote on this uh you know, Rob Thomas from Matchbook Five and Lindsey <laughs> Jordan from Snail Mail. Yeah. Matchbox 20. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Matchbox, Matchbox suck. <laughs> Matchbox jags. Um, and the Raekwon from the Wu-Tang Clan. I think they're like, oh, we put Kraftwerk at 238. Let's put, we really need to put Daft Punk at 236 because it's on our minds. Um, but no. I I I much rather listen to Kraftwerk than Daft Punk. I oh, I completely disagree. And uh, I'd rather listen to the original than the Imitator. Well, two things about that. One is Henry put one more time on one of his playlists. Really? <laughs> we so he likes it somewhere, and oh, one more so... time comes on. We're like, holy cow! Wow! And I thought. Henry. I'm like, I thought this album was a lot more recent. This came out in 2001. But then they, Daft Death Punk had their other album that I think maybe it was, I don't know what year that other one was, but that's when they were really popular. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Uh, the, the, um, I can't think of it, but I know the one, yes. That was the one that blew, they blew up. Yep. Um, I've, I, I I've never I don't understand Daft Punk. 
I, I revel in my ignorance. I just, I just think they're boring. They're boring. I like them. I like them. Yeah. Well, most people do. But mine is the only opinion that matters right now <laughs> for Rolling Stones. Top Random five. access memories, Beavs. Random access memories. Yeah, that was, that was only nine years ago. Amazing. They've been around for a long time. Yeah. But they had this long gap. And then, yeah, you, you heard Get Lucky everywhere when that song. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. <laughs> God. Maybe they should have been trans, Europe, Daft Punk. And you'd like yeah, them. they should. We're a wild night to get and Europe Express. More monotone. <laughs> oh, and Daft Punk is just so much better. How <laughs> we've really gone from there to we're up all night to get monkey. <laughs> They're not nasal like <laughs> Yes, they are. Okay. Yes, they are. Yes. Yet they're, another divide between Lennon Beeves. They're nasal, and they also have a little post-nasal drip, in fact. I'm, <laughs> like I have. I'm in the correct Daft Punk camp. <laughs> While Beeves wanders in craft work land. Wandering around in the desolate <laughs> German <laughs> wilds of craft work land. Well, I'm here with all the rock critics, and you're with the people. Uh, all right, last one. 235. This is a polarizing one. The Black Album by Metallica. I don't think, I, I don't think I've heard your take on this LP. Mm-hmm. Um, a, are you a Metallica fan? Yeah, I've seen them three times in concert. So you are a, you are a real fan. Mm-hmm. Is the Black Album them like, slowing down and selling out or is it them trying something new i don't think it was them selling out i think it's what you yeah i think it's them trying they were trying something new and it happened just to explode this this was the this, this was the record they had a nice following before this album but after this album this like secured their status is like a rock and like a I'm trying to think how to describe like a speed metal or whatever you want to call them legend and it came out everybody knows who Metallica is now that was not the case when I was in high school because it was almost like a cult to like Metallica back then right they were not mainstream at all and people were like, oh, I should like Metallica. But when I listen to it, I'm like, mm, maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. But, and I think the Black Album came out at the absolute right time because that was the same time that um, Nirvana and Pearl Jam, the whole grunge movement was taking off. And this album was far from grunge, but everybody was kind of ready to hear it. Enter Sandman could f- fits in with, grunge songs i think it's very grungy no doubt yeah, that yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. but people were definitely ready to and i think they that it just uh, it struck a nerve along with everyone else and i yeah, i agree with you that's yeah it's not this isn't my favorite album of theirs and i got tired of unforgiven but enter sam no matter how many times you hear it it's a great song 
Damn. The sad but true is really good. Wherever I may roam. I don't really like the ballads. I don't. I don't really like nothing else matters either. Right. And I still like it enough. It'll come up on my list at some. Would point. you? Oh, it'll be on your list. Is yeah. it? Uh, how many albums do you think are ahead of the Black Album? What do you mean? Like, is is on your list? Is this the the highest rated one, or are there other? No, the Metallica is not. No. Okay. All right. Those are my reviews. Okay. I welcome your input, Simon <laughs> listeners, especially on Kraftwerk versus Daft Punk. <laughs> Vote for Kraftwerk. Eve has calmed down after the Vote Kraftwerk. Angry Kraftwerk Daft Punk. We should put that on our page. We should. Thank you. Kraftwerk or Daft Punk. All the pointy headed music nerds are going to be like, ah, please. I think I'm going to put that on there right now. Well, after, yeah, I'll do it later. Anyways, you can do it while I'm talking. Oh, anyway. Um, well, I okay. got to get to my albums now. Let's do it. I'm up to numbers 430 to 426. Oh, pick it up, Len. And for, <laughs> <laughs> and for like the third week in a row, I only have four of the five again. So I apologize. <laughs> Two of the Diamond listeners. Next week, for sure, I should have all five. Love it. So my the first one I don't have the album with me. I had it. I had it at work. I don't know where it went. Some fan of Kenny Rogers stole it. <laughs> it's Twenty Greatest Hits came out in nineteen eighty three. The Gatlin Boys just laughed at him when he walked into the bar room. One one of them got up and met him halfway across the floor. When Tommy turned around, they said, hey, look, old yellow's leaving. But you could have heard a pin drop beef when Tommy stopped and locked the door. Oh, I mean, they don't write lyrics like that anymore. That's great. I think that's great. It is good lyrics. It's, man, I love that song. Standing up to bully. You know, he's trying to be a good guy. and He was a coward of the county. Yeah, that's a great song. And some of my other favorites on here. She Believes in Me. Don't Fall in Love with the Dreamer. That's with, Kim Car- that's with Kim Carnes. Yeah, I love Kim Carnes. I feel like Kim Carnes should have had a bigger career. Yep. Because she had this 80s stuff. Because she had Betty Davis Eyes, which I think is a great song. Gigantic hit, too. And she had a couple other hits I liked. Invisible Hands. Voyeur. Uh, More Love. But she never really took off after that. And didn't she uh, have a duet with somebody? Well, she had a duet with Kenny Rogers. I thought she had another duet. She did, I think. I can't remember who. Yeah. Uh, where did I go? Yeah, I could find out in a sec. Maybe. Anyways. So what's funny about this? <laughs> I was reading up on it. So this came out in 83, right? So Islands in the Stream is it on there? But it's not really a if you're like a Kenny Rogers person wants all the hits, that's the one you won't get on this. But like right. a few years later, they come out with a 25 greatest hits and they put five songs on there. They don't put Islands in the Stream on there, but they put five. They probably couldn't, maybe because Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers are on different record companies or something. Could be. But they add five more songs and none of them are hits. <laughs> They're just trying to milk Kenny Rogers. It's, str- it's strange because I... um 
had, was listening to Kenny Rogers. I think it's called 10 years of gold. Yeah. And that doesn't have any of the songs that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. but he had like a whole bunch of, he had like Ruben James, Ruben James, Ruben James is on this one. Yeah. And then of course the, the song with the first edition, the just dropped in. Yeah. That's not on here either. That's, so there's, there's a couple of that, but still it's, it's got a lot of, a lot of his good stuff on here. Uh, he's had a, the point being he's had a long career and lots of greatest hits. Yeah. There's, Two number one hits. Well, no, one number one hit on here. That's Lady, which is actually probably my least favorite song. Has. I hate that song. I can't. Yeah. And it was everywhere, too. Everywhere. But everything else. Good stuff. Uh, I was going to look up Kim Carnes. So that's my 430. Penny Rogers. We're kind good of one. in agreement. That's good one. Nice. I, I accept. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> Beave accepts, everyone. Beave accepts. The Christmas Miracle. <laughs> uh, While she did have a she, Kim Carnes had a duet with Kenny Rogers again and James Ingram. Maybe that's well, who I'm. What about me? James Ingram is everywhere on duets. <laughs> that's all he does is duets. So this oh, one, okay, four twenty nine. Talk That Talk by Rihanna. And this was my favorite one to revisit of the five I listened to this week. Because mm. this is really good. 2011. Yellow diamonds in the light. Now we're standing side by side. As your shadow crosses mine. What it takes to come alive. That's from We Found Love. You know that song, right? That was a huge Yeah, yeah. That was a, everywhere. That's a great song. Uh, where have you been? That's the second song on the album. That's really good. Birthday cake, which is her, <laughs> which is her being kind of raunchy. But I love reading Rihanna's like, raunchy. I love reading the like reviews and things about her because like people are like, oh my goodness, she's talking about sex. <laughs> and, and Drunk on Love, which I think is her best vocal on this. That's like, she sings so because I think that's just about yearning and everything, so she really puts everything in it. Right. And and Farewell, which is the final song in this album. It's, it's a great album. And I knew it. I liked it. I put Obviously, I put on my favorites, but I was like, man, this is better than I remembered. Uh, <laughs> even our good friend. Robert Criscow liked it. <laughs> but uh, your friend and teller of Tom Izzo tales, Greg Cott, didn't like it. Hey, but, uh, you know, went three three times platinum. Up, nope, coach didn't it like number, it. It hit number three in the charts. It uh, it came out in 2011, but I don't know if it was late in the year or what, but. 2012 it was the number eight album of 2012 so i don't know if it was because it came out late in 2011 or just momentum built up on this right i mean they released a bunch of singles from it there's like five songs i think they released Hmm. and i think it's excellent and this is how she showed up at my house to thank me (laughs) um i don't 
think so. <laughs> and I was like, oh my heavens. You know, I really like this Victorian uh um offended uh offended Victorian or uh suburban um uh, person who says, Oh my goodness. Very, that's how every review you're either like, oh, she's so open, this is great, or they're like, oh, she's just trying to get attention. Right. Yeah. Look, she's expressing herself, okay? And I was looking, she was super young when she started. I think her first hit, she was like 17 or something. She really... I didn't realize she was that young. Yeah, she got into the business because I was looking up some of her singles I'm like, yeah, she's been around for a long time. How old is she? But she's only in her 30s. And her, I think one, one of her first hits, like Umbrella, that was pretty long ago. Hold on one sec. What was it? <laughs> I should have had Ron Ron prepare this for me. You really, uh, Ron Ron is, uh, well, that's okay. Yeah, so she had a song called Pond replay, which I don't know, that hit number two, and she was seventeen when that that came out, and she had a number one song called SOS when she was eighteen. So huh. she's she's been she's been doing this for a long time. This is like seventeen years, so half of her life, and she's still only in her thirties. Yeah, pretty amazing. Umbrella, umbrella was number one for seven weeks. Monster. But that's that. So, what do you think of that album? Do you know it or? I, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I'm a Rihanna this one, person. This one we probably don't have to say too much about because we talked about it last week. I think. We got yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Because you reviewed it last week. Yes. So we won't say much about it. it. Came out in 1972. Oh, you're so vicious. Love me, then pretend you didn't. Crush my heart and wreck my image. Why you gotta be so vicious? Great song. Yeah. Great album. I'll just say a couple of things. We don't have to talk too much about it because we talked about it last week. The <laughs> I was looking up some old reviews, and the one paper that didn't like it was the Tribune. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's great. And this album did it the best in Italy and England. US I believe it. it US did it, it in 29, England. but it wasn't, it didn't do as well as it did in some of these other countries. And I'm pretty surprised how well Walk on the Wild Side did 50 years ago, considering the lyrical content in it. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> That's everyone. Oh my, my new, god! My new character oh. is a big hit. I'm getting a. I'm also getting a standing ovation today. Thank you. They really, um, they they recognize brilliance when they see it. <laughs> Hence the standing. All for you, diamond listeners. Yes. Okay, so we both like that album. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So one of his best. Well. I don't Doing think it's well. his best. It's not my favorite Lou Reed album, but I think it's my, I'll, I'll say it's number two. Yeah. Next is In Rain. Oh, what do you think record. of this one? I like it. I like it. And it's 
an album that when it first came out, I was like, boring, so <laughs> boring. But I have since reversed my stance. I, I think it's terrific. So don't get any big ideas. They're not going to happen. You'll go to hell for what your dirty mind is thinking. That's <laughs> from that's from Nude. Nude and Jigsaw falling into the place where like there are two big songs off this album. Yeah. I think my favorite song though is Body Snatchers. That is a great song. I was listening to yeah. today. I'm like, this is a jam. I feel like they were ahead of their time. And uh, I think the world is just now catching up to them. There's <laughs> well, this one best. Because I was all down on them. Well, let me say what I thought of them. Well, first, it won Best Alternative Album. Yeah. When OK Computer came out, like everybody loved that album. Right. Critics loved it. Mm -hmm. I tried and I tried with that album and I could not. I've never liked it. I gave it away. I was like, I can't. Right. But when when I was reading about In Rainbows, I was like, hmm, should I take a chance? Because mm-hmm. there's so much publicity about it because they basically said, you can get this, just give us whatever you want. Right. It's on their website, you could you could get it for nothing if you wanted, or you could pay. And I read that most people paid the regular price for it. They're like, well, we'll still pay the same amount because they loved Radiohead so much. So I think that's what made me give them another chance. And I, re- I really liked it. I was like, this is really good. And with some of their albums being in the Rolling Stone one, I like them a lot more. Yeah. Because after I kick OK Computer, I was going like, I'm never listening to radio again. Yeah. We've talked about them quite a bit on Jag Bags. And I was the same way, but the instead of OK Computer, it was Kid A. Yeah. What's How do you pronounce the guy's last name? Is it Yorkie or is it York? Uh, you know, you're asking me the king <laughs> of, <right>. uh, <laughs> well, whatever Tom Yorkie, let's say Yorkie. Um, if we're Yorka. wrong, we'll get yelled at as usual. Yorka. The f- Yorka. <laughs> like Luca. He says it's similar to the okay computer in a way. I'm like, no, it's not. Uh, this is, this, I, 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 I could see it. I could this see is it. more accessible. Because OK Computer felt like was me just pushing me away the whole time I listened to it. And this one, despite the fact that they put it on their website, it still hit number one US charts, even though you could just go on their website and get it. And went gold. Critics, of course, loved it, but they pretty much love anything by Radiohead. Yeah. But this was the one that made me go, OK, all right, I, I kind of get it now. Yeah, I, um, I'm with you. I, I, I went back and, and kind of revisited all Radiohead albums after I forget which one. I think it was Moonshaped Pool. That was like, this is really good. And I was like, mm, maybe it's time for me to eat a little crow on Radiohead. And um, so in Rainbows, I was like, I, I give up on them. I'm, well, as the open-minded local celebrities we are. Yes. We we are yes. willing to take things okay. another chance. Open-minded locals. <laughs> I might be five for five, Dave, because I think you like this album. Uh oh well, geez. Straight out of Compton. Yeah. Come on. 
I mean, yes. This is yes. another one I could use my character for it because this is another one where oh, oh my oh my <laughs> stars came out in 1988. Oh my heavens! <laughs> to be a dope man, boy, you must qualify. Don't get high off your own supply. From a key to a G, it's all about money. Ten piece for a ten. Base pipe comes free, beef. Uh, that words to live by. I've always tried to live my life uh, with, with that in mind. Yeah. So that title cut, I ain't the one. Express yourself. Fuck the police. And that song is... What's weird about this album is... so. Public Enemy was uh, around the same time as them. And I knew about Public Enemy, but I felt like I didn't know anything about them. I don't know if it's because they didn't keep it visible in the Midwest. Oh, really? I guess in California, they were super popular. They were all... I mean, and people still bought the album. I mean, it hit number 37. But I wasn't that aware of it. Maybe I, I knew about the controversy a little bit. But Public Enemy was in my face. But for yeah. some reason, they weren't. I got. I went to them later. Public Enemy and NWA, they were all over Northwestern. All over. Really? Yeah, somehow I missed, missed, missed NWA. Initially, I didn't like either band because you'd be walking past like, you know, like, the frat houses and these guys would be these white dudes would be out, you know, in their sweaters and their collars and they're like, you know, dope man. And they're singing along like that. And I'm just like, F these guys and F all of them. So it really turned me off um, because it's, it's, I mean, it's always a little weird listening. They were with it. Yeah. It's always a little weird. Cause at the time, guys, listen to this. And at the time, it truly shocking. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. And, but it's like the birth of two legends, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. And talk about still resonating today. The whole, I mean, all the turmoil that's happened in the past decade or so with Black Lives Matter and George Floyd, it's, they were complaining about the same stuff. Depressing. They just were lucky. They were lucky. I mean, I I shouldn't say lucky, but they got harassed for no reason. And that's why Ice Cube wrote that song. But people who aren't looking at it the right way, they just think, oh, they they want all the police dead. No, they just don't want the police to pull them over for nothing. Yeah, and maybe kill them. That's where the anger comes from. For no reason. Right. It's It's the same thing with people not understanding black lives matter. No, it doesn't mean all lives don't matter. It means if you're dismissing black people and killing them for no reason, it's like they don't make the connection. So it's like the same thing that they were talking about in 1988 is still going on today. And sadly, they were talking about in the sixties and when it was just called police brutality, it was just a different, this was a different phrase. It's the same thing. And but rap was their true outlet because that was right. The 80s, I feel like we're at the beginning of rap. Right. And it's still super powerful. Very, very. Yeah, it's a 
it uh, was the beginning of the uh, real explosion for better, for worse too, because, you know, I think that people caught, got caught up in the violence of it. And I think a lot of rap acts tried to follow that, but they weren't as thoughtful or as, um, you know, interesting as NWA or Ice Cube. And I think it, the whole and Ice Cube's Ice Cube's got tons of charisma too. That's another thing some of those acts were lacking. I think. Yeah, agreed. So, but uh, but it absolutely you know paved the way for a whole you know you know genre of music. Mm-hmm. Yep. A historic album. Very much so. Good choice, Len. Five for five, beef. Five for five. <laughs> I stand with you. Maybe this Daft Punk craft work war will not <laughs> put a fork in Jag What a weird hill that we are dying on here. <laughs> Daft Punk versus craft work. Here at Jag Bags, we take on the issues on everyone's mind. Well, I'm post it right now. We probably won't get any responses, but I'm oh, we oh. Oh, we will. My friend Yulger is we're gonna be right in on this. <laughs> My friend Yulger, yes. Oh yeah, Yulger. You've talked just about him often. Just don't ask me to spell it. Okay. <laughs> I mispronounced it too. By That's the way, right. Tom I looked Yorka. it up. Tom Yorka Shock will uh... Yorka. I looked it up and is it's pronounced York. Oh, it's like pronounced New, York. Like New York. Yeah. So it's a silent E. Okay. Yes. Tom York. He'll probably answer. So not Thom Yorkie. So no one stop calling him Thom Yorkie. He's a millionaire, <laughs> uh, very successful musician. Stop that. Anyway, uh, while Len is posting uh, inferior music, I <laughs> will invite you to subscribe to us. We're available wherever fine podcasts are found. We are also on um uh, most social media platforms, I already uh, asked you to give us your favorite albums of the year, but really leave any kind of comments. There's a, maybe there's a topic you want us to discuss in depth. Please uh, do that. And if we pick your um, topic, then uh, you will get a Jag Bags t-shirt. What a stocking stuffer for the holiday season. Um, so let us know. Drop us a line, get a t-shirt. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening as always. And when you're ready to listen, put a little Jag Bags in your ear.